This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Tuesday, October 1st, 2019, first day of trading for the new quarter. And it didn't start off very well, did it? Oh, well. And, you know, we all watch the news. We know what's going on. Uh, you know, there was some good, interesting uh, stats out I'm going to talk about today that drove the stock market down. So we'll, we'll get to that later on. But the news is constantly churning. Tomorrow could be something good. You just never know. Um, but we have to keep our eye on the economies, not only just our economy, but the world economy, what's going on outside our borders. And that, because that plays a part for, for our stocks. And all those variables play a part for our stock and stock markets, all the stocks in the stock market. And the reason why you're listening is because I try to offer unbiased guidance about all this stuff. And I'm not always right. I'm not. Totally understand that. But I do try to provide, you know, facts as opposed to opinions. And I'll tell you if I have an opinion, but I like to stick with some of the facts first to base my opinions on. And then you can have your own opinion. So good evening, everybody, or good afternoon. I'm Steve Peasley, and I thank you for joining me today. And I hope you'll call me. Remember, this is, is a call-in show. You know, as long as there are questions about money, finance, investing, long as, as long as it's financial, we'll talk about it. And when you do call, of course, you take charge of the show and you decide where it's going to go. A lot of you call about individual stocks. We'll talk about that. But you don't have to. Anything financial is up uh, up for grabs. And, of course, my goal here is to educate everybody so that we all move toward that goal of financial freedom, right? We all have that goal. Now, today in this hour, I'm going to do my best to move you toward that goal, but you have to help me with that. We'll do it one question at a time. Our anytime listener line number is now open. I'm taking live calls, 4 to 5 Pacific time, Monday through Friday, and the number is 888-99-CHART. So let me take a minute to remind you of the few um, important dates I have lined out there. I will be uh, in San Jose on October 10th, taking appointments now, and I will be in New York again for portfolio consultations on November 7th. So if you want to meet with me in either one of those two locations, please don't hesitate to contact me at investtalk.com, send me an email, They'll be happy to talk to you. Also, one other important date, we are going to have KPP Financial, my firm, uh, we're going to have a wealth management conference, and that's going to be on Saturday, October 12th. Justin and I will be lead the conference, you know, this wealth conference, and we'll have some guests. This is going to be at our Irvine office in California. The event is titled, Investing in Real Estate, Stocks and Bonds for Income. You know, as the Federal Reserve is lower and lower rates and rates all around the world are, many of them are negative, how do you produce income? I mean, do you, how much risk do you have to take to produce that income? Just remember, the seeding seated is limited. So if you, you have to make reservations and you can do that through investtalk.com. My main talking point today, one FANG stock could rally another 40% before it gets overvalued. Do you have any idea what that FANG stock is? 
Is it for Facebook, Amazon, Netflix, Google, Apple? Which one is it? We'll talk about it. I'll break down that story. And I also want to talk about the economic numbers that came out today. Uh, you had PMI, ISM, construction spending. We're going to talk about those. Also, manufacturing is contracting around the world. So, we have to talk about that. Not just the numbers, economic numbers here, but manufacturing is contracting around the world. Why? What's going on? And finally, what's coming next for credit cards? There's five things that are listed that are coming for changes for a credit card industry and how it's going to affect you. Those are going to be the talking points today. And we'll probably talk about the dollar. We'll probably talk about gold. We'll probably talk some other stats. But those are the things that are going to drive the market, uh, drive the conversation today. The Dow was down 344. The NASDAQ down 91. And the S&P down 36. So a pretty bad start for the new quarter. You know, September was actually not bad at all. But the new quarter has started kind of ugly. We'll see where that's going to go. So, that's what we're going to talk about today. What, is, what kind of questions do you want to talk about? Give me a call, 888-99-CHART. Just calling to see what your thoughts are on the 3M stock. Right now is a good time to invest in it or if I should hold off. Love the show. Thank you very much. Bye. Okay, I missed most of that, but I know it's on 3M, 3M Corporation, so we'll talk about 3M. Uh, provides industrial tapes, adhesives, medical and office products, surveillance, and communication products. It's a pretty diversified company. It's a $91 billion company, so it's really large. Uh, earnings are going to fall 6% this year and then rebound 8% next year. Sales have been falling the last three quarters, 1% to 5% per quarter. Before that, they were raising 7 to 9%. So, And, of course, this is you know diversified operations. The manufacturing sector is very much exposed to this company, and that's why it's done so poorly. That's why sales are going down. That's why the stock is going down. You know, uh, it's that kind of thing. So you're looking at a company that's directly in the line of fire of a slowing down manufacturing sector. And then, of course, they're a worldwide company, so recessions in other parts of the world affects this company dramatically. Now, is it worth the buy right now? Well, it's pretty low price. It's $158, and, a, and you're going to make $10.12 next year. So that's a 15 PE, and that's the lowest it's been. I mean, the last five years, the lowest PE has been in the last five years is 17. So that's going to be very low. Return on equity is very strong at 56%. Cash flow is very strong at $12.99. They pay a 3.6% dividend, but they do have debt. And that's where the danger probably lies. There's no real danger for 3M. It's not, you know, there's no... There's no situation in which I can see 3M is going to be, you know, in danger of anything other than earnings are going to slow down. Then they'll pick up again when the world gets back on its feet. So should you buy it now? I would not. Um, if you're going to buy it, not yet. Um, it hit a bottom of $155, so it's 158 right now. Got, when it hit that bottom, it bounced up to 172, 173. Then now it's heading back down. Big down today. Down 3.66% today. 
But uh, you got to wait. It's going to test that bottom. Let's let it test the bottom and see what happens. I wouldn't. I keep my powder dry yet at this point. You're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and no one has ever been able to reliably predict the market, the moves up or down. You can't predict it. But if you are serious about achieving financial freedom, you have got to be prepared for market volatility. That is why you need to make sure that your portfolio is strategically balanced. We talk about this quite often. A balanced portfolio. Contact me or Justin at KPP Financial. We can help you with that. And now I'm taking your questions live at 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk, and we are all watching the markets go up, then down. So now, more than ever, you need unbiased investing guidance. Steve Peasley is here taking your questions live. Call 888-99-CHART. Okay, some of the news out today. And, you know, I like to go over the numbers. Two-year treasury at 1.54, 10-year treasury at 1.62. So we're in a normal, still in a normal uh, normal yield curve, and that's what we want. Gold was at fourteen seventy per ounce up today, up pretty decently today. Oil got down to fifty three dollars per. Of course, gold oil will go down because the demand will go down when the economy is slow. So that's not anything unusual. We shouldn't expect anything else than that. Now in California, the average price of gasoline four dollars and seven cents. What is it nationwide? Two dollars and sixty five cents. Yeah. In L.A., it's four dollars and twelve cents. I mean, we are, this is, our state is really messed up. Anyways, ISM manufacturing PMI number is out, and it looks like a contraction in manufacturing. Everybody, the ISM U.S. Manufacturing Purchasers Managers, Managers Index. Remember, this is the manufacturing. They have an ISM services sector too that comes out in a couple of days. It was at 47.8%, which anything below 50 indicates contraction. So it's contra- uh, the manufacturing sector is contracting. What do you think is happening in China, What's, in Europe? What do you think is happening with their ISM numbers? Now, this marks the second second month of contraction, by the way. What it doesn't it just means this particular sector is contracting. It doesn't mean the entire economy is contracting. Remember, the whole economy goes down two quarters in a row. That's the definition of a recession. So all we have is a per, certain sector, the manufacturing sector, which is pretty decent size. Don't get me wrong; I mean, it's a big part of our economy. But that's contracting. Is it contracting because of consumers in the United States? Isn't that the real question? What's a consumer doing? In September, the markets finished with a modest gain. Modest gain. Remember, September is the worst month of the year. So, kind of interesting factoids in there. Really are. So, will the market contract in October? Hmm. Apple. Apple stock. A good buy today's price, is it? Especially when uh, you consider both sides of the argument. With the debut of its newest phones, Apple's reportedly experiencing healthy iPhone sales. Again, why? 
An improved camera system in the new iPhone may be making the models more attractive. And there are more than 200 million aging iPhone devices in the hands of consumers. I got one of those. Now, when I say aging, mine's not only about two years old, but I dropped it. It's cracked. Maybe I need to get a new one. Hmm? <laughs> Maybe everybody wants to get a new one, an upgrade. We know that Apple is competing in the video streaming business. Now, here's an other, Here's the other side of the investment argument coin. When Apple reported fiscal third quarter results in August, it revealed for the first time in nearly seven years that iPhone sales accounted for less than half of its quarterly revenue. They're moving away from reliance on, on the phone as their driver. It's still a big driver. Don't get me wrong. But there's other things that Apple's doing. In the third quarter, iPhone sales were $25.99 billion, a 12% drop from a year earlier. It is true that Apple Services Division picked up the slack. The services part of Apple. We talked about this. I talked about this a while back, that that's where Apple is eventually going to go, the service. And that part of their business grew 12.6% to $11.46 billion. Now, remember, the iPhone is almost $26 billion, and the services is only $11.46 billion. So it's half, less than half. Okay, But it's growing. Well, 12.6% in the iPhone business dropped 12%. See, so you can see a transition's happening there. So you got to consider certain things. Price cuts are slowing sales and stock price near, near its all-time high. Might be shaping up as a perfect storm. Don't don't get too excited about buying Apple at this point. Apple still has stiff competition from Samsung. 5G technology with 10 times faster speeds is reportedly on the horizon. But will 5G drive iPhone sales in the next refresh? You know, these are all things you got to think about. Millions of people, millions of people are out there buying those phones. You're listening to Invest Talk, everybody. I'm Steve Peasley, and let me remind you that the Invest Talk radio program and the podcast replays provide a daily dose of market news with our unbiased commentary. And we have a fairly new offering, Invest Talk Academy. I'm doing a class on day trading this week, online trading class covering a wide variety of financial investment subjects. And we do it in depth. You can learn more at investtalkacademy.com. We're headed into the break. I'm taking your questions at 888-99-CHART. The countdown has begun. We are less than two weeks away from the next KPP Wealth Management Conference, investing in real estate, stocks, and bonds for income. The event will be held on Saturday, October 12th, and hosted by Steve and Justin, at their Irvine, California office. Limited seating available, so act now. Make reservations through investtalk.com. Steve Peasley is here now, ready with answers, and he's waiting for your questions. Call Steve, 888-99-CHART. Hey, Steve and Justin, really appreciate the show. This is Steve in New Albany, Indiana. So guys, I prescribe to the three or four uh, fun portfolios that were kind of started by boggleheads and um, I'm pretty young and I was trying to decipher between for example Fidelity is my brokerage so I was trying to decipher between either a total bond fund or 
a U.S. index fund. Again, I'm a long-term investor, passive investor, just trying to see which will be better. I know the expenses on the total bond fund, if I'm not mistaken, is 0.25, whereas the U.S. index bond fund is 0 0.025. I sincerely apologize. I didn't give you a ticker. Those are mutual funds with five letters. Uh, but uh, just wanted to find out which might be better long-term. Um, I really appreciate that. Thank you. Well, that's very simple. Long-term, the uh, the index fund will be a lot better than the bond fund. Any historical look back at bonds, index funds, uh, always work better than bonds. But you're, you're, you're comparing apples and oranges here. Bonds are very vastly different, a vastly different asset class than stocks. So you're talking about an index fund that's buying the stocks and a bond fund that buy bonds. Those two asset classes are vastly different. Now, so you wouldn't, it wouldn't be a question of this one or that one. That's not really the right question. The question is, is do you, uh, how long is your time horizon? You say it's very long. Any length of time horizon, stocks outperform bonds dramatically. On the other hand, there's a lot of risk in stocks where there's very little risk in bonds. Now, there are certain type of bonds that are very risky, which are junk bonds. In a recession, those junk bonds default. A lot of them do. Over 20% of them will default. In other words, not pay you. Not give you money back, not pay you yield. So, but there's also high quality bonds in a in a in a recession. High quality bonds, which are investment grade or higher, there's only like a one or two percent default rate. It's very low. But remember, you don't you know if you're going to invest, you know, investing in bonds is really for people who are just looking for income and looking for the safety away from stocks, right? Because they perform different than stocks. A whole different asset class. Usually, people who want to take less risk will mix in some bonds with their stocks to, you know, reduce the risk of their overall portfolio. But it's not really a question of should I invest in this uh, stocks, an index fund, or bond fund. It's real. That's not a. That's not the question you're. You should be asking. Okay, you should be asking. Um, should I be an investor in stocks? And the answer, based on your age and your time horizon, would be yes. Not bonds. My main talking point today concerns the headline: One Fang stocks could really could rally another forty percent. Could that happen? Forty percent before it gets overvalued. What are they talking about? This particular article I'm trading, they they're thinking Amazon's that stock. Okay, they think that Amazon, because of the the variety of businesses or sectors that it's in are all really healthy and continue will continue to grow. So they like the cloud advertising space, uh, uh, I mean the cloud space and the advertising space and, you know, Amazon Web Services, they like that. They think that those things are going to continue to expand and drive Amazon. They feel the value is around 2000 to 2400 and the stock is around 1700 now. Now, this is just one person's opinion. I'm not convinced that that is necessarily true. Over time, I think it will happen. Amazon's a very healthy company, but it's pretty expensive. 
Pretty expensive. Based on next year's earnings, the stock P.E. ratio is around 50. Well, it's been growing 17 to 20% the last four quarters per quarter. So maybe it's justified, but can it keep that, that kind of growth going when it's $858 billion in size? That's pretty difficult. So, man, it could be under 40% of value, but, I, man, I'm, how long is it going to take to get there? And is it going to be a big dip before it gets there? That's possible, too. So, just be very, very cautious here at this at this stage. We're, you know, we're into October. October's known. I mentioned yesterday they are known for have the worst stock days of the year. Stock days of the year. Now, the Dow was down 344 points today, and you would think, wow, that's a big day. Not really. That's what, one and a third or so percent? Okay. That's that's a good move down. Yeah, I would agree with that. But it's not it's not a huge day down. A huge day down to me would be over 1,000 points easy. That would be a huge day down. But I don't know if it's going to get there. Now, I often get questions for investors about Apple, AT&T, Verizon, and the upcoming 5G cell phone technology being promoted as valuable because it will deliver faster speeds, but at a cost. And as we go to break, I have this trivia question. How many 4G cell phone network towers are currently deployed around the U.S.? And how many additional cell phone towers will be needed for the 5G network? But for now... I'm Steve Peasley, and I'm ready to take your questions at 888-99-CHART. Overall, I feel pretty good about our investment decisions. But there are times I wonder if our current 401k plan could be doing better. I mean, which funds are the right funds for me? For us. You're listening to someone who could benefit from KPP Financial's active 401k program. I can't spend all my time following the market, and I'm sure it would certainly be a big help to receive advice based on real data from unbiased advisors. The active 401k program features math-based models to guide you in and out of the various investment options in your plan. KPP monitors and advises. You take action with the active 401k program. KPP clients immediately see current investment recommendations configured to match their personal plan preferences. Active 401k. Okay. Take the next step toward your financial freedom. The great thing about achieving financial freedom, you can keep working if you want to, but you don't have to. And here's more good news. KPP clients who are active 401k subscribers will receive a complimentary subscription to the KPP Premium Newsletter. Each Friday, Steve Peasley writes a market action and trend newsletter that serves as a quick summary of the week that was. It also includes stock ideas, portfolio management information, and consumer finance tips. So enroll in the Active 401k program and also get the KPP Premium Newsletter. Start with a contact call to KPP Financial or visit kppfinancial.com. We have some important calendar dates for you. First, Steve Peasley is taking reservations for his no-cost portfolio reviews. The next availability will be October 10th in San Jose, and then November 7th in New York City. 
and the next KPP Financial Wealth Management Conference will be held in Irvine, California on October 12th. That is a Saturday. You can learn more and register now at investtalk.com. Eight 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 ninety nine chart. Let's go talk to Rick and Whittier. How you doing, Rick? How you doing, Steve? Thank you very much. Great. For the Thank show. you for the call. Everything. Thank you. Uh, Steve, these these days, I um, when I buy a stock, I buy it because I like to buy stocks, good companies that pay a good dividend. And uh, like for instance, mm-hmm. Procter and Gamble, I have a hefty gain on it, but. I won't sell it because at the price I got, it's just paying me a good dividend. I suppose, you know, your stock and Justin probably sell it by now and take the profits. But I just I just like owning it with a game, and it pays me a good dividend. And the company... No, I like Procter & Gamble. Coming? Excuse me? Yes. I like Procter & Gamble. It's, you know, it's this, the, this is a time to be in a non-cyclical type stock like Procter & Gamble. So I, I wouldn't sell it just because you have made a lot of money. I would not. But you want to talk about Cummings. The company I'm calling about today is, uh, the company I'm calling today is about CMI and, uh, or Cummings actually. And I was mm-hmm. wondering, do you think it's unrealistic to, to expect to buy it at about the 122? 50 kind of level? No, I don't think that's unrealistic at all. Cummings, everybody, let's talk about, you know, give everybody a clue everybody else in. Manufactures diesel, natural gas engines, electric power generation systems, and engine related products. It's $157. So he just thought that it might come down to about 122, 123 in that range. Um, I could easily see it falling down to about 114 or so as well. I mean, I think it could fall down to there. I, yeah, I, I, because it's my, been down there twice. Uh, okay. And I'm figuring. So, yeah, go ahead. Something it'll go there. I really think it's a great company, okay? Let's get that out of the way. The company is very, very strong. It always has been very well managed. Uh, it's a great company, but it is cyclical. Because of where it is, manufacture diesel, natural gas engines, electric power generation systems, and engine-related products. It's a heavy-duty truck and parts industry. Therefore, you know, if the economy falls, this will fall with it. Economy takes off, this will take off with it. So I would wait, uh, Rick, for the fall. I wouldn't buy it unless it does fall down there. I would not buy it until that happens. But it's a great company. Rick, appreciate the call. Thank you. That's coming. CMI. CMI. Let's go to Bruce in Fresno. How you doing, Bruce? Good, Steve. Yeah, I'm wondering about GEO. Uh, G-E-O and uh, if you owned it, would you be selling it today? It's just hit a new low again. And Yeah, I would not sell it today. I, I might bail out of it because it hit and broke the lows today. If it doesn't recover by tomorrow, I'd probably be gone. So you look yeah. for that recovery, that intraday recovery. You know, I'm looking at a chart, a technical chart is what I'm looking at. Geo Group, uh, it's a REIT that owns, leases, manages, correctional detention, uh, reentry facilities, community-based use services. So it's a prison REIT, our real estate investment trust. Uh, pays a really nice dividend, and it'll probably keep paying a nice dividend. 
Um, but it broke its lows uh, today. And it did it in one day. I mean, it was down, what, 4 or 5%, 5.88% today. Was there news out on it, uh, Bruce? Did you see news that reason no, why I, it broke that hard? No, I didn't hard? notice anything. Hmm. hmm. I don't. I you know. I I just don't have time to look it up. Uh, right. I think we just the you know. Yeah. So if it's just the market, then uh, you know, if it doesn't recover, I would sell it. If it doesn't recover tomorrow by half by half day tomorrow, I'd be out. Yeah. Okay. okay great. Thanks. If it continues down. Okay. Good luck with it. I hope it recovers for you. All right. That was Geo, Geo Group, Inc. Um, let's go to uh, Tim and Hayward. How you doing, Tim? Doing well. How about you, Steve? I'm doing good. Thank you for the call. Uh, thank you. So you've been around for in a couple of recessions, right? Probably more. Yes. Yeah, more. But that's, uh, that's fine. Been. So I wanted to ask, whenever I hear about like a recession and like the economic cycle, I always, uh-huh. they always say that it's really unexpected, uh, but it sounds like for this one, it's, well, I don't know if there is one coming or not, or when it's coming, but it looks like right. the, the yield curve inversion, there's a rotation to the value stocks, uh, there is, you know, the the cyclical names are falling, like FedEx and 3M. And so, mm-hmm. it, and it seems like everybody is worried and predicting a recession. Does that seem odd or unusual to you, or does that is is there some of that? Uh, was there some of that in the previous uh, recessions that happened? Tim, that's an excellent question. Excellent question. The reason why it's an excellent question: when everybody expects something to happen. The market and the economy tends not to do it, tends not to do it, tends not to make it happen. And there's a really good reason why that's true. If we all think it might happen and we're scared, and we then we all are taking steps to prevent losing money. And that's been going on for months now. So there's a lot of money on the sidelines sitting to wait for the market to break down so they can put it back in. That's like fuel to the stocks prices. So all this huge amount of fuel is sitting out there. So when it actually does, you know, recession does hit or whatever, the stock market might start to recover because everybody's been waiting for it. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? It may not act like it normally acts because so many people are expecting the recession. And to be perfectly honest, I am too. But, you know, I'm starting to get a little concerned that maybe whatever this recession-like event is, it's going to be pretty darn shallow. And maybe the stock market is not going to react that bad. Maybe it goes down 10, 15, 20%, but maybe not the 30%, which is normal in a recession. So I'm kind of not as negative or depressed uh, as I usually am going into recession. Are we going to recession? It is possible we could avoid the recession. What if Trump does a deal with China? You know, I think that's immediately going to let everybody off the hook. People are going to think, oh, the economies around the world is going to recover and the stock market's going to blow up. That's what, there will be all this optimism and that optimism will drive the economies back up. <laughs> so, I, I, but usually, Tim, you were talking about what normally happens. Usually, a recession happens 
pretty quickly. I mean, think about the last one. We saw a little bit of evidence in 2000, late 2007, you know, a little bit of evidence like we're seeing now, you know, uh, things that don't look right. And then, boom, 2008, it just tanked on us. But that was a, a very specific bubble in the housing market that burst. Where's there a bubble? There's no bubble. There's no bubble that we see building that looks like could burst. I don't see it. You know, what is it? Where? There isn't any. So, yeah, I'm not too worried about this recession, Tim. I really am not. But excellent question to ask. That was an excellent question. Thanks, Tim. Appreciate the call. Let's go to Monica in the Bay Area. How you doing, Monica? Good. I have a question regarding stock ACB. It seems like it's oversold uh-huh. and what you take on it. And I have a position on it, so I, I'm wondering what I should do about it. It is oversold. You look at the relative strength indicator, you look at the MACD, and you can see that this stock, it's uh, ACB Aurora Cannabis Inc., has been oversold based on those indicators. And those indicators are generally correct, okay? So the question is, is why is it oversold? That's the number one thing. And this is Aurora Cannabis, ACB, Canadian-based company engaged in the production and distribution of medical cannabis. So why is this oversold? And you have to look at the articles that are published out there to figure out why why is it is it going down? Well, probably because it got overbought. Okay, it was overbought when it reached around ten dollars and fifty cents. Got overbought, and that was back in March, middle of March. So it started to fall down. It got a little oversold in June, popped up a little bit, then sold off again. Got oversold again, popped up a little bit. Now it's gone back to over and oversold. So, but it's in a downtrend. The problem is, is this company does not make any money. Has not made any money. Sales are growing, but it hasn't made any money yet. So when is it going to make money? It's going to lose ten cents a share this year. I stay. I it is oversold. So you'll probably likely get a bounce, Monica. But I don't know if I would be a buyer of the stock. I like to buy stocks that are already making money. It's just my personal okay. pet peeve. Okay, but it is oversold. Thank you. Thank you, Monica. Appreciate the call. This is Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and you've probably heard me say this more than once. There are really only two emotions that drive markets, fear and greed. The truth is that many investors experience fear when they are unsure of just how much of their portfolio valuation is put at risk. There we go, we go to how much risk are you comfortable with? Can How much risk would, should you take? How do you measure that risk? And of course, I have a free tool for that. Call you know, it's a, it's called Riskalyze. It's a questionnaire. It's a short questionnaire, and it's pretty pretty simple. You know, will you expose this much money to make this much money, or possibly lose this much money? So it gives you ranges like that until we whittle it down to where you believe your comfort level is, and that's what it does. And, it's, and you get a score from zero to nine, zero to hundred, and then we match your portfolio up to see if that also gives you, because that will give you a score too, using the same software, to see if you're matching up your risk tolerance, your personal risk tolerance, with the risk that you're taking in your portfolio. 
Go to investtalk.com. Take the risk questionnaire, everybody. Okay, we're live. Time to give us a call. Give me a call at 888-99-CHART. This is InvestTalk. The economy is strong, mortgage rates are at or near historic lows, and the housing and real estate market is calling you. But just how can you, how should you become an investor in real estate? What is the best course of action based on your financial situation and risk tolerance? Should you consider a vacation rental investment, or are you better suited for buy-and-hold transactions? And here's something all investors have to deal with. We are living in a no-yield world. So how can you safely get income from stocks and bonds despite a choppy market? You can register to attend the next KPP Financial Wealth Management Conference. Steve Peasley and Justin Klein will lead the event, and they'll be joined by two real estate experts and a trust attorney. Get your questions answered efficiently at one time and in one place. Saturday, October 12th in Irvine, California. The KPP Wealth Management Conference. Seating is limited. Register now at investtalk.com. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. So I already mentioned that the manufacturer... um, Manufacturer uh, PMI number uh, fell uh, for September went to 51.1 from 51. So it actually went up. But the ISM manufacturing index, ISM manufacturers, it went from 49.1 to 47.8. So that was not. Construction spending went down, uh, went up one tenth of one percent. Last month it was flat. This is for for uh, uh, um, September. So you know you got this manufacturing sector is contracting. The market PMI number is still above fifty, but it's just barely above fifty. Fifty anything above fifty is expanding. The ISM number of manufacturing is contracting. Two days from now, we're going to get the ISM non-manufacturing, which is the service sector of our economy. Our service sector is much bigger than our manufacturing sector, so it's going to be kind of important. But this is two months in a row for the manufacturing sector of contraction. Now, oops, sorry, it's not falling apart or anything, but it is a concern. And this manufacturing sector around the world is contracting. It's, it's every place, not just here in the U.S. In other places, China, Europe, they're a lot worse off, a lot worse off than we are. You know, you can always tell that there's problems. You know, in the United States, we could tell that there's, these, there's issues. One of the ways to tell is look at the IPO market. That's when new companies are coming out. So our stock market is being affected because, okay, when I say look at the IPO market, look at uh, Uber. That IPO didn't work out so good. How about Peloton, which just came out, what, last week? Didn't work out so good. WeWorks pulled, refused to go. They're not going to do an IPO. So the IPO market in our, in, our, in, our, in, in the U.S. stock market is not doing well. That's another sign that says that we are late in our economic cycle late in our economic cycle and I've mentioned that many times we're late in the economic cycle what stocks work best in that late economic cycle so I've t- you know all this year 
Now we're in the, you know, three quarters of pass, and I've told you from the very first quarter. This year, the gold is probably going to work. Defensive sectors are going to work, like, uh, you know, the uh, power generation company uh, companies and sector will work. Uh, so there's things that work. Okay, we're going to have to take a quick break. We'll be right back after the break for our last section, 888-99-CHART. On the next Invest Talk, venture capitalists are warning startups about the potential downsides of IPOs. The advice is to instead consider the direct listings route. That story tomorrow. But now Steve Peasley is here, ready with answers, and he's waiting for your questions. Call Steve, 888-99-CHART. Okay, i got to apologize. I didn't give you the answer to the trivia question. Remember earlier on the show, I asked before the half-hour break, uh, how many 4G cell phone network towers are currently deployed around the U.S., and how many additional cell phone towers are going to be needed for the 5G network? Well, in the United States, there are currently about 200,000 4G LTE cell phone towers. 200,000. And unfortunately, unfortunately, very little tower sharing among the wireless providers goes on. They don't really share. Going forward to deploy new antennas for high-speed 5G cell phone networks across the U.S., some technical estimates project 5G will require millions of new cell phone towers. Not just a few hundred thousand more. Millions. That will cost big bucks for people like AT&T and Verizon. So in the case of Verizon, for example, in 2008, Verizon had a strong year of solid revenue growth from a rising base of subscribers. Verizon was the first to market with a 5G network service already in the form of 5G Home, a broadband internet option. Verizon has said it will be putting its profits to work to aggressively expand 5G. Okay, well, how much money would that cost? Capital expenditures will be a rebound in 2019 for Verizon. The management says they're going to spend about 17 to $18 billion to roll out the 5G towers. And ATT can't be far behind. They have to keep up. Wow. It's a lot of money. Now, 5G is supposed to be really, 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 really fast. We'll see. We'll see. I'm sure it is. It's going to cost. So let's see if we can fit another quick question in. This came in earlier, 888-99-CHART. Hi, Steve and Justin. I'm calling in in regards to the stock Nike. The symbol is N-K-E. I was looking to get into the stock and wanted to get your opinion on what would be a good entry point and what you think the outlook is for the company. Uh, Were you listening to the answer on your show? Thank you. I like Nike. Nike, NKE, markets high-quality athletic footwear, apparel, equipment, and accessories on a worldwide basis. But it's done so well. I mean, it's at a 52-week high yesterday at 94. Today is at 92.28, so it went down today. I, you got to wait for a pullback. You can't chase this performance. I mean, their PE is like 
you know, 35. Stock is $92.28. They're going to make earnings are going to go up 20% this year, 16% next year. Sales growth is 7 to 10%. And, you know, they're, they're just a solid company without much debt. They don't pay much of a dividend, 1%. So you really want a, a capital appreciation. In other words, you want the stock to go up. But early in the year, it was selling for like $66, $67 a share. I think you need to wait to drops into the mid 70s. Okay, maybe the maybe 80, but I wouldn't buy it. I wouldn't chase it. I'd wait for a pullback, and if it doesn't happen, you just miss it. That's all there is to it. Okay, just miss you just miss the top. So what's coming with the new uh, where credit cards in the coming years? Okay, what's happening with credit cards? What's the newest thing that's going to happen? Well, these are things you can expect. There'll be more co-branding of credit cards. For instance, I have a Costco Visa card. That's co-branding, Costco Visa, because I get money back on every purchase, right? Um, So there are going to be more rewards programs. Now, they could be specific. They could uh, be um, attracted to certain buyers, but there's going to be more of them. There's going to be better fraud protection out there. They're going to have they have some new technology that's coming down the road that will protect us more. Um, um, uh, there's going to be some cuts though of some of the benefits. Some of the benefits that are, that are less popular are going to be cut out. For instance, you know when you buy something with a credit card, sometimes you get free warranties. That's going to probably disappear. Price protection, that's probably going to disappear. Auto rental coverage, that may disappear. That kind of thing. And they should be more efficient on issuing credit cards. Those are the kinds of things you'll probably see. I'm Steve Peasley, and this completes another InvestTalk program. They go mighty fast this hour. I will be back tomorrow. So don't forget to sign up for the KPP Wealth Management Conference. That's in less than two weeks away. That's in Irvine. Have a great night, everybody. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is President and Justin Klein Chief Executive Officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listener line at 888-99-CHART. 888-99-CHART.